the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave How about that Ben Zobrist? A home run from the right side in the first inning, then a home run from the left side in the eighth inning. And that plus red hot Eric Hosmer helps carry the Royals to an exciting 7-6 win over the Blue Jays. As it's Dave welcoming you into a Saturday afternoon edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where the Royals move to 62-41. and 41. Toronto somehow just one game over 500 at 53 and 52. And our player of the game in this one is obvious. Ben Zobrist earns his first of the year with the Royals thanks to those two home runs from both sides of the plate. And thinking back before I looked this up, I was thinking, well, it's probably what, Carlos Beltran the last guy to do that? I mean, could it have been that long ago? No, it was not that long ago. Maybe Alberto Cayaspo briefly crossed my mind, but it was Wilson Betemi who last did it for the Royals on June 10th of 2010. Ben Zobrist with those two home runs, the seventh player in Royals history in the same game to go yard from both sides of the plate. Three for four had a knock on top of that drives in two runs scores three runs what a game for Ben Zobrist just absolutely huge and that first one marked the third straight game where the Royals draw first blood in the top of the first the solo shot second hitter of the game in that two hole off of Mark Burley from the right side his first home run from the right side all year for Zobrist that gets the Royals ahead one nothing and then yeah he ties the game off newly acquired Mark Lowe who came over from Seattle for the Toronto Blue Jays. Not such a you know tremendous first impression for Lowe as the Royals knock him around for a couple of runs. After the home run, Lorenzo Cain lines a double up the right field line. And then, of course, Eric Hosmer knocks him in. Salvador Perez would cap the scoring with the sack fly a bit later in that inning. Now, Haas has a 14-game hitting streak for the Royals. And in 10 of those, he has multi-hit games. So nothing cheap about the current 14-game hitting streak for Eric Hosmer. He's two for four on this one with three RBIs and a run. Kendrys Morales continues his amazing 2015 season. couple of knocks, another RBI in his pursuit to be Josh Donaldson for the RBI crown in the American League. Of course, the Royals pitching isn't helping that, as Donaldson now has seven RBIs so far this weekend. But Morales does not get in his 73rd run of the season in this one. Not surprising, no walks out of the Royals' offense. We didn't expect that, as we talked about last night with Mark Burley. The fact that the Royals don't walk anyways, and toss in Mark Burley, you know, it's probably not going to happen. But the Royals did only leave three men on base in this game, and they were three for four with runners in scoring position for the second straight night. So Casey doing a nice job in that category. And it was kind of karma, I thought, tonight. You know, Mark Burley makes the error there in the eighth inning that fuels the big inning for the Royals. Sorry, that was the sixth inning. He makes the error in the sixth inning, which leads to three runs for Casey. They're down five to one. That gets them back within five to four. Of course, the five to one deficit overcoming that was the biggest uh, deficit the Royals have overcame all year. But he makes the key error in that sixth inning to allow Casey to plate three. And I call it karma because last night Lorenzo Cain made an error that helped fuel a big inning, of course, for the Blue Jays as well. So things kind of even out in baseball. It's a common theme that we talk about. We talk about sample size a lot here, and we talk about things evening out. And I know a lot of people hate the phrase evening out, but I swear it does. Now, kind of a bizarre start for Yodano Ventura today because he had five different one, two, three innings in his seven innings, yet he yields five runs. So five of the seven innings, he got the Blue Jays up and down one, two, three. You told me that before the game, I would have guessed he gave up one run in seven innings. He starts the game 11 up, 11 down. 
three and two-thirds innings of perfect baseball. He has command of his secondary pitches in those first four innings. Change up, breaking ball. Breaking ball is actually in the strike zone. We see uh, the breaking ball usually always has quite a bit of movement on it. It's rarely flat from Ventura, but it's not often it snaps into the strike zone and catches part of the strike zone. So those right-handed hitters did a nice job of the breaking ball on the outside edge, especially in the first four innings. But then all of a sudden, the Royals fell in love with the fastball. Perez and Ventura and the Blue Jays, four straight singles in that fourth inning to get two runs in. So he goes from being able to, you know, the Toronto can't even touch him to all of a sudden they're, it's like they knew exactly what pitch is coming, where it's going to be. And, you know, those are pretty straight fastballs, most of them catching a good portion of the center of the plate. The Blue Jays get two there. And then, of course, after getting that two to one lead, the fifth inning, they go to town on a Ventura. And things could have unraveled for the entire game. And they might have for Ventura even a month or two ago. I mean, who knows again? Like we talked about last night, we joked about he had the world's shortest rehab assignment, or not rehab assignment, the, the world's shortest demotion to Omaha, as in he might have made it to Zona Rosa, made it, may have made it that far north, never left Kansas City. So, you know, might have made it to the power line to the furthest north he went, who knows. But uh, even since then, it seems like he's matured. Less emotion, less anger shown today from Ventura. You know, some of that I'm sure was a portion of that being the wake-up call. And then, of course, Volquez and now Johnny Cueto, two of his biggest influences, getting to him, hopefully, and teaching him to calm down and trust his stuff and realize that you're not going to be perfect every game and every inning out there, though he was for the first three and two-thirds. And then he was in the sixth and seventh. Six up, six down in those innings. And the problem was in that fifth inning, back-to-back home runs, a two-run shot for Donaldson, his 26th of the year, and then Jose Bautista, the first of two home runs in this game. The first one was his 22nd of the year. The next pitch, back-to-back pitches, home runs given up by Ventura. So then it's 5-1. to one. You're thinking, man, this game's probably over. But Ventura, you know, after the Royals score three, Comes back out with the shutdown inning in the bottom of the sixth. Does the same thing in the seventh inning. That allows Ben Zobris to tie in the eighth and the Royals to ultimately get the win. Ventura, overall, I was encouraged by this outing. Seven innings. Yes, there were five runs allowed. That's not good. Toronto is so hot, though, right now. They're playing at home. They're smoking the ball everywhere, not to be confused with Justin Smoke. Seven innings, five runs, six hits for Ventura. A couple of walks, a couple of Ks, 101 pitches. It was nice to see him once again be pitch efficient in this game. Get through seven innings and 101 pitches. That's fantastic. The five runs stink, but like I said, five of the seven innings were one, two, three. And like I said, the secondary pitches were working for four or five of those seven innings today. So I think it's an encouraging start overall for Ventura. Now, Wade Davis did pitch today after missing last night with some back sniffness. Perhaps maybe didn't get the follow-through he normally would in his pitches today. Maybe that's why he gives up the second home run of the day to Jose Bautista, former Royal Bautista, of course. You, you and me are probably two of 40 people who can actually remember watching him play as a Royal. I distinctly remember seeing him play at Camden Yards in Baltimore in 2004 at a game I was at. He was in that lineup. Tony Graffinino was in the lineup. Abraham Nunez, Ruben Mateo, John Buck. Mark Tien, remember those names? Anyway, Bautista, his second home run of the day off of Wade Davis, uh, snaps the nearly two-year streak that Davis had, the amazing streak of not giving up a round tripper. Davis does get out of the eighth after that. Turns over a one-run lead to Greg Holland, who did make it a bit interesting in the ninth, but overall, velocity's been back. We've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. There has been a small reason for concern with Holland. Uh, nothing big time to me yet. I, I, a lot of people overreacting on him. I, see, I mean, he's gone from not being human to being a very good bordering great closer. He's still a very good bordering great closer, even this year. I believe that. And I, the stuff is still there. The velocity is coming back. 96, 95 consistently. Today we've seen him at 94 in recent weeks. I believe that's the first time we've seen him at 96 all year, possibly. At least consistently 95 and 96. 
gets the first out, and then a 10-pitch at bat to Troy Tulowitzki out the bench. Tulo walks. Then, of course, Chris Colabello, a couple pitches in, lines a single to right. You got first and second. You're thinking, uh-oh, here we go. Ben Revere, thankfully, grounds out to second on a fielder's choice. And Fonte to Escobar. 4-6 gets the runner at second. You have first and third, but two outs. Josh Donaldson. Whew, grounds out. Moustakis in at third. The game ends 5-3, and the Royals nab this game. A game that I didn't think they had a great chance at winning today. I mean, I called it a toss-up last night, but I would have leaned Toronto on this one. I lean big-time KC tomorrow, though. I love the Royals' chances to get a split in this series. And believe me, as you know and as the Royals know, that I mean, they'd be thrilled to get out of town with a split. But even getting one. I mean, even getting one saves your road trip. I mean, you get one of these four games after taking two out of three in Cleveland, that puts you at what? Going into the to the next series, that puts you at three and four, even if you only win one. You get two out of three in Detroit, you have a, a five and five road trip. That's fine. You get a win tomorrow, well, you're looking at all of a sudden a really good road trip with two out of three in Detroit. And I like the Royals' chances tomorrow. It's Edinson Volquez, 10 and five with his 3 2 1 against Knuckleballer R.A. Dickey, 5 and 10. With the four-two-seven now, Volquez coming off a solid start against Cleveland. Uh, the quality start was there, literally six innings, three runs. Did walk five in that game, struck out four, scattering six hits. Has seen Toronto once this year, by the way. That was back on July twelfth. Five and a third, one earned run on five hits. That was the wacky game before the All Star break. Three Ks and no walks in that game, where the bullpen fell apart. Now, R.A. Dickey, and it was Ryan Matson in that game, and Matson last night. I love Matson's quote before the game, or after the game last night, by the way. He goes, I can't get these guys out, you know, to save my life, and it's starting to piss me off. <laughs> I just love that quote last night from Matson. Anyway, R.A. Dickey comes in tomorrow with no appearances against KC this year. A very strong outing against the Phillies his last time out. Eight innings of shutout ball, at least no one runs in that one, I should say. Clarify that. Seven hits, four Ks, and a walk against Philadelphia. Just like the Royals tomorrow. I believe they will hit R.A. Dickey pretty hard, and I like Volquez coming out and hopefully quieting these bats. The Royals really have not quieted the bats all weekend from Toronto. It has not been a comfortable series at all. And, you know, not only the fact that you get out of town with a split and all the obvious reasons that you want this for a good road trip and, you know, getting towards your division crown, but you especially want this. You do not want to see these guys in the playoffs, right? Wouldn't we much rather see Baltimore or Minnesota get one of those wild cards for sure? Because that will keep either Toronto or Houston out of it. You don't want to see both Toronto and Houston. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion to me the Yankees are going to win the East. I don't like that matchup at all. So you get the Yankees then in the ALCS in theory, if they make it that far. You'd like to avoid Toronto or Houston in the wild card. If they both make it, you've got to face one of them no matter what if you have the best record in the AL. So, I mean, you just want to keep – I guess this is your last chance to beat Toronto and, you know, directly knock them down because most likely that wild card will come down to the last – three to four games of the season. Every loss from here on out is huge for Toronto, as is every win, as we're now under 60 games. And anything the Royals can do to knock Toronto further back, I get that. I don't want to go up there again in the playoffs. Do you? Don't want to face the Yankees either. The Royals will get back at it tomorrow afternoon. Once again, 12 noon local KC time. We'll have it for you again in the postgame here on Clubhouse Conversation. Getting back to the interviews as well. Look for an interview tomorrow night. With Alfredo Escalera, who's tearing the cover off the ball at the age of 20. Had a very nice season at Lexington, was promoted to Wilmington. We'll talk to him tomorrow night. Looks like we'll catch up with former Royal Tom Bergmeier this week on Clubhouse Conversation. Bergie, a man with great baseball stories. 
Uh, we've got some couple guys in the 25-man roster coming up in the next couple of weeks. One of them will really excite you. All that plus so much more here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have yourself a great rest of the Saturday, and go Royals!